0: this morning Um, we are glad that you're here Uh, just for your information we are now meeting um, at the church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and uh, we have we come in on Fridays and we record this so that it is uh, available to everybody on Sunday morning um, online Uh, one of the reasons that we do that is it allows us to actually address two specific groups our, 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 our group that watches online is, is a little bit different than our group that gathers here. And so we have different things that we can address with our people who are uh, in a building versus people who are online. So uh, this morning, I want to take just a few minutes before we get into our message. And I want to talk to those of you uh, who are watching um, online. Um, first of all, we are thrilled that you're watching. Um, we have decided to that as we go forward, uh, we're going to continue this uh, as a uh, platform uh, just because it uh, affords uh, us the opportunity to minister to uh, people who may not even be literally in this area. So uh, for some of you who are in this area, who are part of our fellowship, it is killing you to not be here. And uh, we, we understand. Um, some of you uh, may be afraid that... Uh, because you're not here, you're going to miss out on a whole bunch of stuff. And when you come back, you not, don't know what to expect. So I just want to take a few minutes and address a couple of those issues. Uh, first of all, we understand where you are. And uh, you need to know, um, it's okay. It, it really is um, okay with us. Uh, we miss you. Uh, we do wish that you were here, but we understand. Uh, we have people that, for different reasons, uh, they, they want to be here, and some, some people, they're in a work environment where uh, coming here would uh, put them at risk. And so in, in some situations, um, even, even work has uh, put restrictions on their movement in and about um, during this time. Uh, we have some people that, uh, for medical reasons, really, it's just unwise uh, for them to, to be a part of this right now. And uh, because, again, anytime we meet, anytime you're around people, there's risk. So, uh, you know, for them, it's just it's, it's just not worth that risk. Uh, for some of you who are age wise that um, there are con- some concerns uh, with uh, putting you at a little bit higher risk. So we, we thoroughly understand that um, people are just uh, in, in situations where. Honestly, they just need to be a little more cautious, and we don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, we have committed. Uh, the reason I'm doing this uh, on, uh, on Fridays and coming in and record this is because we value you. We, we want to be able to continue to minister, um, even though you can't physically uh, be here. And it's afforded us opportunity to minister to people when they're on vacation or um, are snowbirds or all, all kinds of uh, other opportunities as well. So here's what I would say to you. Some people are concerned that, you know, when they come back, you know, um, you know how much is going to be changed. And here's what I'd say to you. We have snowbirds that head south every winter. And what happens is when they get back here, they jump in, and they just pick up where they left off. And what I would say to those of you who are having to stay home right now is that's the way it'll be when you are able to come back. Uh, we'll just pick up wherever you left off. And uh, don't, I, I don't want you to feel bad about that. I don't want you to feel like uh, you owe anybody a, an excuse or whatever else. We just pick up uh, where you left off. And um, that's kind of what we'll do. I, I, here's what I do want you to know. I want you to know that we want to give you the freedom to make the decision without the pressure. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be calling asking, hey, where were you? How come you're not there? What can we do? I, I, I don't want you to even feel that pressure. Um, I want you to know we love you. I want you to know we care about you. I want you to know that we would love to have you there, here. But I also want you to know we understand. And uh, we want to give you the freedom to make that decision uh, when you feel comfortable uh, coming in here. Because like I say, anytime, anytime you meet, um, out in public right now, there, there is a risk. We are committed to continuing this ministry. Um, so uh, we're going to continue doing this. Uh, it's not going to be something that, e- even after we get past the, the virus and, uh, and all that kind of thing that's going on right now, we're, we're going to continue to do this. Uh, the format will change a little bit. You know, we'll, We're going to have to um, eventually tie it into our actual live service um, is kind of our direction ultimately to go. So, uh, but for right now, Uh, this is a much better platform for us to be able to address um, two very specific uh, groups of people. Uh, I would say this, um, I don't want you to feel guilty. If you feel guilty because you can't be here, please don't. Uh, Please, please, please don't. Um, God knows your heart. He knows where you want to be. But um, practically, He also understands where you should be. So uh, please, please, please don't feel bad about that at all. Um, uh, We are looking forward to um, having you back when you're comfortable being here. And uh, until then, uh, we're going to continue to, to minister this. And when you do get to the point that you consider coming back uh, to the facility, uh, to, to when we're meeting together on Sundays, a couple of things to remember. Uh, we're asking people to um, self-assess. Uh, we're asking you, first of all, to ask yourself, do you have any cold or flu symptoms? If so, uh, please watch online. If you've had a fever of 100.4 in the last 14 days, uh, or higher, we're asking you to watch online. If you've been, uh, have prolonged exposure to somebody who's positive, um, we ask you please uh, just watch online. And then uh, for those of you that, that there's medical reasons or age related issues or, or that, that, that prevent you, yeah, that, that just puts you at a higher risk, please watch online um, until we get past and a little bit further down the ro- road. Um, I would ask that you please make sure that you, you're on our prayer list. Uh, that you get our prayer list email uh, we send that out every week uh, we do not share uh, prayer requests online um, just because of a privacy issue uh, so we're not going to use this platform um, like we do on Sunday when we can talk to our church family we don't want to do that on an internet platform um, on, on, a, on not just a, a, an American but a worldwide basis so Uh, We don't do that, but we do share them um, on our email. So uh, please uh, sign up for that so that we can uh, keep in touch so you can know what to pray for throughout the week. Um, We've seen a a number of great answers to prayer this week in specific situations. So I just want to encourage you to to, to follow us that way. So let's go ahead and look to the Lord in prayer. We'll get started this morning. So Father, thank you for the day. Uh, Lord, uh, even this past week, the the rain was uh, much needed. And uh, as farmers and, and people and uh, crops and everything else, Lord, we, we just, we're so grateful for the, the little things like that. Lord, we've all been given another day, another opportunity. Um, we've been given this moment. So, Lord, help us to make the best of it. Uh, for our leaders that you would guide and direct them. For um, our, our military that you'd protect them. That, Lord, for our... Um, Lord, just for our nation right now, as there's so much turmoil, so much um, difficulty, so many issues, that, Lord, you would guide and walk us through it as a nation. Lord, for us as Christians, that you would help us to be lights uh, and testimony to, um, Lord, handling things in a way that brings honor and glory to you. Uh, Lord, for those that are sick, that you'd watch over and care for them, for those that are struggling. Lord, sometimes uh, even with the virus, that Lord, you would watch over and and, and protect and heal them. Uh, Lord, for us this morning, as we open your word, uh, speak to our hearts. Uh, Lord, we do want to hear, but uh, Lord, we also want to grow and change. So uh, help us to apply it, um, to live it out, to make this life different, uh, this week different from uh, last week as we live our lives. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Uh, this morning, we are back into our series um, on the life of Moses. And uh, this morning, we're in, we're in Exodus chapter 19. Um, one of the things that um, we're, we're, we're going to as we, as we get into this is uh, we're in Exodus 19, and we're at Sinai. Now, uh, let me give you a little bit of background. Up until this point, the children of Israel um, have traveled... Um, for about three months. They, they left Egypt. This has been about three months to get them to where they are right now. And uh, they're going to come uh, to Sinai. Um, here's, there's always a debate over what these biblical places technically are and where they actually are, but uh, here's one of the places that they think is Sinai to give you a little bit of an idea um, of the type of area that we're talking about. Uh, so um, they, they get to Sinai. Now, what you need to understand is that the children of Israel are going to spend almost a year here. Um, what's going to happen is today we're going to see the, the guidelines that God lays out for, for when He speaks to Moses at Sinai. And then next week we're going to start a ser- kind of a series within a series, but uh, we're going to look at the, the Ten Commandments um, I preached on this before, but when I went back and looked over my notes, it was 15 years ago. So uh, it's probably a good refresher to go back and say, "Okay, let's look at the the, the Ten Commandments uh, or the Ten Words that the Jewish uh, people know them." So uh, that's where we're headed. Uh, so this morning, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this the, the, this story. Um, and let me give you a, here's the way we're going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to kind of give you a quick synopsis of the whole chapter then uh, we're going to go back and we're going to look at specific uh, passages and, and lessons. And then we're going to apply it to our lives as we head out into the week. So uh, with that in mind, that's where we're going. Uh, what happens is when the children of Israel get to Sinai, uh, you have Moses basically in chapter 19 running up and down the mountain. Uh, he, he basically goes up to the mountain. God says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Um, see if the children of Israel, you know, up until now I've I've taken care of them, but now I want a, a more permanent relationship with them, so uh, you need to see if they're willing to follow me. And Moses runs down and talks to the people, and they say yes. And Moses goes back up, and God says, Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Um, you're going you're to have to set and set, uh, consecrate yourselves. And what's going to happen is um, you go down to the mountain, you go down to the mountain, you go talk to the people, and you tell them that here's what needs to happen. Um, they need to consecrate themselves on the first day, they set themselves apart. On the second day, they need to go and uh clean up and, and get a bath they've been traveling for a long time without uh, all of that so 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 this is going to be a different day this is going to be a different event so i want them to set it apart that's the idea of consecrate um so i want them to get all cleaned up and then on the third day i want them to say okay you know what we're going to make this special so we're not going to have any physical physical relationship with each other no 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 sexual contact um, with husbands and wives and things like that. He said, okay, so that day is separate. And then on the third day, I'm going to come and meet with you. Uh, and so that's basically it. Now, I want to jump to that passage. It's, that, it's, near the, it's in the middle of the chapter. But I want to jump to the passage to set the scene when we go to the beginning of chapter 19. Uh, and so here's what it said. Uh, it says, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning, with a thick cloud over the mountain." And a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. We'll get into this later, but the people weren't allowed to go up. And it goes on to say this, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke, because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God uh, answered him. Uh, Here's here's an idea of what this may have looked like. Uh, This is one artist's rendering of kind of the the, the scene. Here's another one using that picture um, from Sinai to give you an idea. Just to give you somewhat of an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, And so what happens is this is the scene that Israel is going to be exposed to. Uh, All of its majesty, all of its power, um, there's all kinds of uh, fascinating things as you get into this. Um, Those of you who know me know every once in a while I like to take, not every once in a while, but I like rabbit trails uh, because I think they really expand our knowledge and and, and understanding and things like that of the scripture. So um, let me give you one. Uh, in regards to this whole fire smoke thing and and all that. The concept of fire in relationship to God and Israel is is fascinating. Um, First of all, if you'll think about it for a minute, um, the first time we saw God in fire was when uh, God spoke to Moses for the first time at the burning bush. So God reveals Himself in fire in a bush that burns and is not consumed. Uh, We also see it. Um, and the plagues. One of the plagues that God sends on Egypt is fire. And if you'll remember when we talked about the plagues, we always talked about the idea that they were specifically directed at at one or or two or th- or many of the gods of Egypt at that time. They were direct attacks on their gods. Um, Egypt had uh, the god of fire was Ra. Um, that was a, uh, that was the one of the main gods that that particular plague was associated with. Um, Here's what's interesting. Okay, Uh, When you go and you study a little bit about Ra, one of the things that you find out is that in uh, Heliopolis, um, there was a cult. um, They were called, let me get, I'm going to get the the name right here, the cult of the Menevis bull. Um, And so what they did was they allowed Ra to be represented by a, a bull. In fact, Um, here's what they believed. All forms of life were believed to have been created by Ra. In some accounts, humans were created from Ra's tears and sweat. Hence, the Egyptians called them the cattle of Ra. What's interesting is, then when you get to this passage, God reveals Himself by fire. And so later, if you know the story, and you know where we're going with this, one of the things that happens is when the children of Israel want to uh, create an image for God. You know the story of the golden calf. And sometimes it's ironic to us because we go, why a calf? Why a calf? Why a calf? It's interesting when you put the puzzle pieces together that Israel would have been exposed to this cattle idea of cattle and raw and fire connected together. And so, now, I'm not saying that's a for sure thing, but I'm saying as you get to it, it's interesting to connect those kinds of pieces. Um, so I can understand when they make a golden calf. Why they make a golden calf if they've made all of these connections this way? A uh, second thing that's uh, second rabbit trail is this: <clears throat> if you want a fascinating study, study the way that God comes to Israel here in Exodus 19, and the way that Jesus comes to the earth in the uh, birth of Jesus Christ in Matthew um, and, and Luke. And look at the parallels. Um, in, 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 in Exodus, when we see God coming, there's a trumpet. In uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, we see the angels. In the coming of God at, in Exodus, we see mystery, and we see smoke, and we see fire, and we see awesomeness, and the, and the people tremble and they are afraid. When we get to the birth of Jesus Christ, what do we have? We have the first thing one of the angels, one of the first things the angels say is fear not. Um, the heavens pull back. The glory of God is revealed. It's a, it, it is an incredibly beautiful sight uh, for them. In Exodus, the people have to keep their distance away from God or they're going to die. In uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, what we have is, is the angels saying, look, go and You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You need to go to him. Um, You can go see him. All of you can go and see him. So it's fascinating when you look at the two analogies of of how God comes to the children of Israel in Exodus and how God comes to us as a Savior in uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, So anyway, both of those were free. You don't have to pay any extra for that. Um, but I love those rabbit trails because those of us who've been Christians for a while, um, sometimes we need things that push us and, and, and get us to thinking in, down new paths. So, um, back to our story, okay? Exodus chapter 19. Uh, let's look at what he says uh, and, uh, and how the story starts. So, Exodus chapter 19, here's what it said Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you are to speak to the Israelites. What's interesting is, at this point, God says, look, Israel, I want a relationship with you. Right up until this point, God's done everything. All Israel had to do was listen and and follow. God said, look, here's what I'm going to, and God says, look, I love you. I've taken care of you. I've met your needs. I gave you water at Mara. I delivered you from the Egyptians. Um, You came out of, I delivered you out of Egypt. Um, I have provided, I I protected you from from Amalek. I've done all of these things for it. Now, it is a point, we're at a point where you have to choose to follow me. I want a relationship with you. There's no question about that. But you now are going to have to make a choice, Israel, on whether or not you want me to be your God. And so one of the things, and you see this in Genesis. This was the whole thing with Adam and and, and, and God. God said, look, I created you for a relationship, Adam. I, I, I provided all of these things because I want a relationship with you. And what I, would, what I would challenge you to see in this passage is this idea that God desires a relationship with us, but God will not force himself on us. Israel here has to make a choice. If they want to be a part of this, then God said, okay, here's what I need you to do. I need, you to, I need to know that you're committed to me. I need to know that you want to follow me. And so Moses then, he would, when you read in between uh, the next couple of verses, Moses goes back up the mountain and says, okay, God, they're, they're all in. And so you see Israel wanting that relationship with God. So they start to set themselves apart. Um, then what happens is here's what God does. Uh, uh, verse 10 He says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes, and be ready for the third day, because that day the Lord will come down from Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. We just read those passages. Put limits for the people around the mountain. And tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. Here's one of the things that you see in this passage is that. God said, look, you're going to have to do this my way, not your way. These are my rules. This is the way it's going to play out. God said, you're basically going to put a perimeter all the way around the mountain. You need to know that anyone who crosses that line dies. If it's an animal, it dies. If it's an adult, it dies. kid, dies, because nothing is to cross that line. And by the way, when, when, when that person dies, you're not even to touch them. And the idea was that that this was a holy scene. And so the idea was that they're not not to just assume that they can go up there. So Moses is the only one that's allowed on the other side of that line. Um, And Aaron, and uh, we'll get into that later on. But the idea is that there's a line there. And you're not to go past that line. And so you need to set that that perimeter about it. And and this is my rule. This is my guideline. This is the way you're going to do it. Doesn't matter what you think, this is the way it is. And so they set that line, and I can imagine as a parent, or I can imagine as an adult, you know, it would have been, okay, you set the line there. My line's way back here. I don't want to be getting close to that. I want to stay way back away from. And so what you have, but what you have is, and and this is, here's the concept. You have this idea that if you're going to follow me, things are going to change. You can't just keep doing what you were doing. You are now going to have to stay on this side of the line. You're not going to be able to do whatever you want to do and run up and down the mountain anymore. No, this is the rule. This is the guideline. This is the way that it has to be. One of the things that you see inherent in this whole story is the idea that if you're going to follow me, things have to change. You're going to have to do things differently. Um, I think this is a great lesson for us in our culture, particularly in in the world of Christianity. Um, and in a world of society. Um, I often get into this debate with people about um, this idea of one of my problems with the church is that uh, they won't accept me as I am. And here's what I would say to you. Um, Biblically, um, we or any Christ follower will accept you as you are. Um, Now, they will also expect you to change. You say, wait a minute. No, no, no. I want you to accept me as I am so I can stay as I am. Then you need to know that's not what Christianity is about. Fundamental to the cross, fundamental to salvation, fundamental to the nature of God is this. He will accept you as you are. And I don't care what we're talking about here. He will accept you as you are. But from the moment you become a Christ follower, God expects you to to work more towards conforming your life to Jesus Christ every single day. You've heard me say it often here. The idea is God will accept me as I am, but God expects me to change every day. The day that I as a pastor am not trying to grow more towards Christ-likeness is the day you need to get rid of me. Why? Because the goal for me as a Christian is every day to try to live my life more consistent with the teachings of Scripture, more consistent with the life of Jesus Christ as a Christ follower, as a disciple, as one who wants to be like Christ, a Christian, Christ-like. What that means is that every day of my life, I am trying to be more in line with what Jesus taught and what Jesus did and how Jesus lived. Every day. The moment that you start saying, I'm not going to change, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm going to live for myself, is the moment that you start missing the boat as to what this thing is all about. The whole concept of the cross, fundamental to the idea of, of the cross, is, is repentance and change in and, and a different direction. It's no longer about me. It's about what Christ, how Christ wants me to live. And so that, that is fun. And you see this here. God says, look, if you're going to follow me, here's the rule. This is the way it is. You don't go past this line. And that's an important aspect for us to understand um as as we go forward because sometimes we forget that and we start to think that that Christianity is just simply a a a ticket to to let me go to heaven and it's not I mean mean, it is that but it's not just that Um, does it mean that I get to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior yes and it means that every day I try to live my life more like Christ so that people can see Christ in me and that's the key Um, that that's what we're after Two groups of people I want to focus on this morning, two applications I think. out First of all, for those of you, um, you're, you're, you're not a Christian, um, you're, you're not a Christ follower. Um, I, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you watching this morning. I really do. Um, but for whatever reason, you've been hurt by, by church or by Christian people or um, you, you think it's all a sham or you think it's a crutch or whatever, for whatever reason. Can I talk to you just for a minute? You need to understand this. I don't care what your past, I don't even care what your, pre- your, your present is. Jesus Christ died on the cross to have you come to Him as you are. You don't need to do anything, you don't need to clean up anything, you don't need to change anything. You, know, you, you, you get to come as you are. And God at that point accepts you as you are. From that point on, you need to understand, God wants you to change your life in accordance with the things that He teaches and and lived out when He was here. Because He knows, being our Creator, that that is the best way to live. And so God wants what's best for us as well as what's best for the kingdom of God as a whole. So what I would say to you this morning is, you need to understand that it's not about doing a whole bunch of things or jumping through a bunch of hoops or cleaning your life up in order to be able to be acceptable to God. God takes you as you are, regardless of what that means. But what it also means is that God wants more for you. Um, And so what I would say to you is you need to understand that you have to do it on His terms, not yours. Just like the children of Israel, They they had to deal with it on God's terms, not theirs. You go, well, you know, I just think there's many ways to God. Well, that's not what God taught. That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught, I am the only way, the only truth, the only light. No one gets to the Father but through me. Jesus taught there aren't a lot of ways to God. There is one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. He was explicit on that over and over and over again. Jesus emphasizes the fact that if you want to come to God, if you want a relationship with God, you have to come through me. You have to put your faith and trust in me. And those of you who who watched our Easter service, and I illustrated that all out for you, the idea that you have to come on his terms. You say, well, what are God's terms? They're really quite simple. Um, First of all, that you have to realize you're a sinner. You have to realize that you can't clean your life up to make it acceptable to God. There's no amount of cleaning, there's no amount of straightening your life out that can make it acceptable to God. Secondly, Jesus Christ is the only way to God. You have to acknowledge the fact that you need a Savior. You cannot save yourself, but Jesus Christ can. Jesus Christ can take your sin. He can forgive your sin. He can make you a new creature. He can give you the power and the ability to make the changes that that you need to make um, in order to live a better life. Um, So you need to come to that. And then what you need to do is as best as you know how, you need to come to God and say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I need a Savior. And Lord, as best as I know how, I'm putting all of my faith and trust in you alone to save me from my sin. And Lord, I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for you. In the Bible, it's called repentance. Um, Repentance is just a fancy Bible word. All it means is change direction. Um, The other day, because it's been nicer weather, I tried to get on my motorcycle uh, every chance I get. I pulled out of my driveway and noticed the, 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 the garage door, the shed door behind me was open. So as I got to the top of the hill on my motorcycle, I I, I I turned around and I went back down to my house to close the shed door. That was repentance. I was heading in one direction, I turned around and I headed the other direction. That's what the Bible talks about. It talks about the idea, and when I put my faith and trust in Christ, I want to live for God. It's not about me anymore. It's about Him. And that, that thing that's amazing, it is simple enough that a thief hanging on the cross was able to do it. Never going to church, never giving a dime, never jumping through any hoops, but he was able to put his faith and trust in Christ. And I would challenge you this morning, if you've never done that, uh, you can do it in your living room, you can do it watching your, this service on your phone, you can do it anywhere where you just simply say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I need a Savior. And as bust as I know how, Lord, I'm putting my faith and trust in you alone, and Lord, I want to live for you, not for me anymore. And the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, shall be saved. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. Change your life forever, but it's a done deal. And I just want to challenge you this morning, if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, God wants a relationship with you. He desires a relationship with you. But it's a choice that you have to make. He will not force Himself on it, and He will not make the choice for you. Second group is those of you who have done that. You've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Um. I want to talk to you just for a second, because one of the things that you see in this story is uh, you see that God is way apart from the people. In this story, one of the things that you see is the idea that, that uh, again, I just want you to think about this for a minute. You saw those pictures of, of, of what it could have looked like with all of the fire and all of the smoke and all of the noise and the mountain shaking and everything else. And as God starts to come down, The trumpet gets louder and louder and louder. And then, don't miss this in the story, Moses speaks first. Moses speaks first. The people are scared to death. But Moses speaks first. And Moses walks up the mountain to meet with God. I think that's an incredible part of the story. Because a lot of us, when we read that, we go, wow, how awesome is that for Moses? How, how, how incredible, what kind of courage would it have taken for Moses to go up that mountain? I would have been like all the people. I'm sitting there scared to death. And Moses to have the ability to walk up and to meet with God. Let me share with you an interesting concept. Hebrews chapter four, listen to what verse 16 said. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. One of the things that you see about this story is that in this story, the people are distant from God. But when Jesus Christ comes to the earth, and He dies on the cross for our sins, and we put our faith and trust in Him, all of a sudden now, the distance between us and God is no more. We are now a child of God. We are now a son of God, a daughter of God. And what that means is that we can come to God anytime. Do you understand this concept that basically when we started our time together this this morning, when we started our time together and we opened in prayer, we walked up that mountain to meet with God? You understand at the end of the service we're going to walk up that mountain to meet with God? You understand that every time you and I pray, we immediately walk up that mountain and meet with God? And as a Christian, we have that opportunity now because of what Christ has done. We don't have to stand on the other side worried that if we step across the line, we're going to die or something tragic is going to happen. No, no, no. We can go with confidence into the throne of grace, God himself. We can walk up that mountain, so to speak, and meet with God and say, God, this is what's heavy on my heart. God, this is what I'm going through. Look, this thing has put people in, in, in all different spectrums. And people have all kinds of issues now that they're struggling with. Whether it be the workload at, at work, whether it be the financial pressure, whether it be the social impact, the emotional impact, the, the, the physical um, health issues that, that, that people have struggled with through this whether it be addiction issues or all kinds of issues that have come up as a result of this, here's what you need to understand. You and I have the privilege to walk into the throne of God, to walk all the way up to the top of that mountain and find mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Why? Because we are the children of God. Because we I put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ because we have a relationship with God here and in the world to come. That, folks, is an incredible thing that you and I get to do that the children of Israel knew nothing about. They stood there in fear. We get to walk up that mountain, so to speak, in confidence to meet with God. And I just want to challenge you because some of you are going through some really tough stuff right now. There's been a lot of stuff that you've had to carry, things that you've had to to, to, to not be able to share with other people because we've kind of had this isolation thing going on, you know. And here you see a story where the people are are at a distance from God. Moses is the only one that's allowed to go. And yet, you and I get that privilege every single day that we can go into the presence of God and share with Him what's heaviest on our heart. And, And I just want to challenge you. Take your struggles this morning to the Lord. Take, take them to God. Be able to, okay, God, you're going to have to give me the grace. You're going to have to give me the mercy. Lord, this person's acting this way. I'm going to have to be gracious towards them. I'm going to have, to have to show them kindness. Lord, help me do that. We can find grace. We can find mercy in the needs that we have. And we get to do that because we're on the other side of the cross. And I just want to challenge this one because I think it is so encouraging. And I look at this story and I think, wow, I am so glad that I wasn't born back then, that I'm now part of something that, 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 is, that, that is past that. And so my challenge to you this morning, as we, as we wrap things up, uh, my challenge to you for, for this week um, goes something like this. The Bible reminds us that God desires a relationship with us. But God's holy. And we come to Him on His terms not ours. God expects obedience, and He expects us to change as we grow in our relationship towards Him. Unlike Israel, God allows those of us who have put our faith and trust in Christ direct access to Him as His children. Let's go and pray, or go up to the mountain. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for this incredible privilege to come into your presence. That, Lord, we don't have to stay at a distance. That we don't have to stand back in fear, Lord, of getting too close. But, Lord, we can walk in and we can talk to you about the things that are heavy on our heart, about our struggles, about our successes, about our failures. That, Lord, we can find help in those things that um, are, are such a heavy weight in our lives. And, Lord, we thank you for that privilege. Lord, it came at a great cost to You, but it's offered free to each of us. Lord, for those who may have not put their trust in You, Lord, may this be a life-changing day for them, where they seed their need for a Savior to come to You on Your term as the only way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, for those of us that have done that, Lord, would You guide us? Would You help us to be a light? Would You help people to be able to see Christ in us as we try to change every day to become more like you and less like us. Lord, thanks. Continue to guide and direct our lives these things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, um, that's going to end our time. Um, Thanks for watching. Um, What what I would say to you is if there's something that we can pray for you uh, about, uh, please let us know if there's something that we might be able to help with. uh, Please let us know. Uh, We would love uh, to... Uh, If you're in the area or if you have the opportunity to visit, we would love to have you. Um, And we look forward to either seeing you um, or hearing from you. So, uh, Lord bless you. Uh, Have a great week.